Heart-building habits. Heart-building habits are important. Our spiritual heart has a set of requirements that are necessary to keep it healthy and growing, right? Just like our physical heart. With our physical heart, if we want to have a healthy heart, you're going to have to do some kind of exercise. You're going to have to see what kind of food you're eating. You're going to have to pay attention if you want your physical heart to be healthy. And it's the same with our spiritual heart, right? We need to feed. We need an intake spiritually to keep our, our spiritual heart healthy and, and, and growing. So heart-building habits are, are really quite important. And here at Renew, within this church community, we have, from the outset, said that there are a certain amount of practices, disciplines that we should have in our lives. There are certain relationships and certain experiences that, as a church community, we should engage in. And we have, over the two years so far of our existence, encouraged everyone to regularly engage in these things for spiritual health and growth. I'm just putting it out there. And so really what I'm doing over the start of this, these first couple of weeks as we enter into this ministry season, this ministry year of 2023, is, a, is putting out a reminder of why we see these things as being important. So I spoke about one of these heart-building habits last week. And uh, in fact, I spoke about a number of things about uh, what we need to do to keep our, our heart healthy. But the habit that I referred to or the discipline uh, that I spoke about as a, as a church community was the importance of regularly gathering for corporate worship, right? I spoke about this last week. If you missed it, you should listen to the podcast about making weekly church gatherings a heart habit. The writer in the book of Hebrews points out that we shouldn't neglect to do this. We should not neglect to assemble with the church when they gather. Because the thing is that with spiritual neglect, if we begin to neglect the things of God, the intake that we need for our spiritual heart, with that spiritual neglect, if that continues, eventually it's going to lead to spiritual death. Eventually, you're not going to be on the path that God's called you to be on, and you're going to be on some kind of other path. There's going to be other things that become a priority in your life instead of God. Now, last week I also made a crazy assumption. And I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that I'm assuming that this assumption is going to materialize by the end of this year, 2023. The assumption that I've made is that every person who considers themselves to be a part of Renew, every member of this church here, present, and those who are not, my assumption is that everyone who considers themselves to be a part of this church wants 2023 to be a healthy year from a spiritual perspective. That's my assumption. I know it's a big assumption, but I'm assuming that everybody in this church has said to themselves, this is the year where I'm going to strengthen my walk with God. This is the year where I'm going to engage more deeply with who God is. I'm going to gain knowledge about Him. I'm going to grow more sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to follow. I have decided to follow Him, and so I'm going to follow Him. That is my, that's my assumption for everyone in this church this, this coming year of 2023. And in fact, that's what I'm praying for you. That's what I'm asking God for in your lives. That you would pay close attention to the disciplines or the practices and the relationships and the experiences that you need 
and that you would integrate them as heart-building habits into your lives. Because if we all begin to do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, you never stop learning. God's always got something that he's going to reveal. The Holy Spirit is at work all the time. And if we begin to engage in those things, we're going to grow in our knowledge and our understanding of God and how our life fits into his kingdom purpose. Sometimes we just chug along. And God's got so much more in store for us, but what we've got to do is we've got to press in. We've got to press in. And sometimes, and that was one of the things that when we started Renew, part of the reason why we, we affirmed the, the name Renew was because uh, many of us have grown up in church environments and sometimes we get stuff slapped onto our spiritual life and we've never asked why. We've never questioned. And sometimes we've actually got to peel that back and say, you know, hang on a sec, do I understand why we actually even do this? Do I understand why we say these things? Why we sing these kinds of songs? Why, why I go to, it's important that we, we peel back those layers so that we can grow, so that we can have a, an understanding. But we're not going to understand unless we begin to press in and say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm pressing in. 2023 is my year. I want to get to the end of this year, and I'm telling you, by the time I get to the end of this year, I want to see you have moved in my life. I want to look back and say, God has done some amazing things. God has been with me. God has supported me. I know that he's, that he's here, that he's present, that he's working. That's my prayer for all of us as a church um, this coming year of 2023. So this morning, I want to talk about another heart-building habit, and I'm glad you're here. And for those who are not here, you tell them to listen to this podcast. Because you're going to go away feeling encouraged. As I start, some of you might be going, oh, I don't know why I came to church today. But that's okay. Hang in, hang in, hang with me this morning. Okay? I want to talk about a heart-building habit that we have here at Renew that, again, from the outset, we said is vital to nurturing spiritual health and growth. We said this is something that's important for our church community. And this heart-building habit for us as a church is the habit of structured community. Right? Not haphazard community, but structured community. And when I talk about structured community, what I'm referring to specifically this morning are structured small groups with Christians meeting together, doing life together. Because I think at the end of the day, gathering in little circles on a regular basis, those circles are better than rows. They're better than rows, right? Rows are good. They are good. They're good for larger group gatherings like we've gathered today. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. And so a row is good because it's not, the priority is not community, although community is part of what we do as a church. But the priority is because it's the Lord Day, Lord's Day is we've come to express our adoration of Him. Thank you. That's why we're here. We have come to, ex- you're ahead on me, just go back there one, Glenn, thank you. you, you, you um, you've come, you come on a Sunday to, to come and commit your heart, recommit your heart, come into, coming to say, Lord, this is what I've been through this week, this is what I'm going to into this week, and I'm just coming to reaffirm who I am in you. You are my God, you are my King. And so I'm coming to worship you. That's what we do on a Sunday. So rows are good for that. It'll be mighty difficult. In fact, we tried it. We tried to do the circle thing. And I had so many people come to say, Andrew, don't do that again. I don't want to sit looking at other people. <laughs> you know how many people came to sit there? Do you remember when we had two circles, two kind of half circles here and two half circles here? It was mighty difficult for me because I'm looking at thee and I'm looking over here. It just didn't work. Rows work better for a Sunday gathering. But I want to tell you that in a small group community, circles are better. Face-to-face is better. 
When you're sitting down in a home somewhere and you're praying together and you're opening God's word together and you're talking through the things of God together, you're, you're, you're mulling over that, you're chewing over those things. I want to tell you, that's where growth happens. That's where growth happens. That's where you find a sense of belonging. You come into a church community and as you engage in that group and, 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 and if it goes well in that group and you begin to make new friends in that group, develop friendships in that group, you, you're going to soon know that, hey, I belong here. I belong in, in, in this church community. And with that belonging will come a sense of care because you will be known to others and others will know you. And so they're going to be looking at you and going, hey, you're important to me. And so there's going to be a sense of care. If something's happening in your world and somebody's ill or something's gone wrong, there's going to be a group of people around you messaging, phoning, coming around because they care for you. Love grows in that environment. <sighs> Today is going to be the day. My wife said to me, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Okay, I'm going to calm down. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me just... Let me just has anybody got anything that they want to say about the group that they're a part of? Anything of value, right? Don't come and complain to me in this environment, but anything of value about the small group that you've been a part of? Just two or three people this morning. Uh, I've been fortunate to um, be part of two small groups. Um, now, one, uh, the second one, but whenever something goes awry or astray in your family, those people in that group come to you. Um, they they pray with you. They they talk with you. It's just a an overwhelming benefit that the Holy Spirit moves in. Thanks, Glenn. Anybody else got anything of value to say about the small group that you're a part of, Linz? And then I'll go to Andrew. We love it so much that we've actually met in the holidays. Actually, five women, you know, and we and Pete and and. <laughs> And we do, I just feel that we're building our relationships and we're getting really very close and it just makes all the difference for carrying on during the week and helping with our walk and how we're talking and supporting each other. Awesome, Linz. That is awesome. I'm glad. Not too many groups meet over the holidays. That's awesome. That's really good. Andrew? Um, I think we have a tendency to think that our problems are unique. Um, and then when we get together with other people, we find that other families are just as nuts as your own. And you know, a problem shared is a problem halved, and I think a problem prayed over is a problem divided by yeah. hundred. You know, so yeah. just getting together, just actually you're there to support each other, and kind of get you get support yourself. Um, yeah, so that's good. Fantastic. That's really good. Anybody else? Okay. <clears throat> um, am I calm enough now? Debbie is my wife. For those of you who don't know, she sits in the front row and tells me, she gives me hand signals and stuff when I go off course and she says, bad, oh, stop doing that, take your hand out of your pocket. She goes home and moans at me. I love her dearly. I'm glad she's in my life. <clears throat> okay. So today, what I want to do is I want to talk about one of the primary reasons why I think small groups are so important. We're at the start, as I said, at the, uh, of a new ministry year as we head into 2023. And um, my prayer that as we, as we journey through this year together as a church, as a community of people, um, firstly, um, as I talked this morning, uh, I hopefully, hopefully will encourage you to get back into your small group as small groups start get going, as they get going again. 
that you'll be, you know, once the group starts meeting, that, yeah, I'm going to get back into small group community. Or if you've never been in a small group, to, to take a chance and to take a risk and say, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to think about this quite seriously and, and get into a small group um, this coming year. If it's for the first time, then I encourage you to do that. Uh, if you've kind of just been disconnected for a while, again, I want to encourage you to think this morning around this, 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 um, this heart-building habit that we have here at Renew of, of small group commu- community. Now, the compelling reason that I want to share with you today as to why I think it's so important to be part of a small group comes from something that Jesus said. Right? This is something that Jesus said. It's not a, it's not a cheerful verse. But it's not a really happy verse. But, but this is what Jesus said. And, and I, I'm not so sure if it's um, anybody's life verse. Right? Anything that they hold on to. I've never met anybody who has this as a life verse. But this, these are the words of Jesus. And both Matthew and Luke recorded the words of Jesus over here. This is from Matthew. And um, Matthew records what Jesus said over here. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come. I've just underlined that and, and highlighted that. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. And then Luke records the same words of Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. You, you should do yourself a favor if you've got the Bible app on your phone. Go to the King James version of these verses and go and read what the King James says. Because the King James pretty much says, it's impossible for these things not to come. <laughs> it's impossible for these things that trip you up and steer you off course not to come in your life. In fact, the Amplified amplifies the whole thing and says, sinful patterns and, and, and things that, that get in the way of God can trip you up, right? So Jesus is saying, It's impossible for these stumbling blocks not to come your way. He's speaking to his disciples here, his closest followers. There are things that cause people to stumble and they're bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. He's looking at the people that he loves the most. And I'm looking at the people this morning that I love the most. And Jesus says, guys, let me just give you a heads up here. I mean, let me just lay something down the line for you boys. Eventually, you are going to stumble over something. Now, if you stumble over something, Dion, you're in the front row this morning. <laughs> I love this, 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 this row is not that well populated because it's within easy reach. But if you stumble over something, is it because you saw it? Probably not. No, exactly right. Good, good answer. If you stumble over something, the likelihood is it's because you didn't see it, right? If you saw that thing in the way or if you saw something coming your way, you would take action to avoid it. But if you stumble over something, it's because you didn't see that coming, right? And Jesus says, I, wanna, I just want to warn you that as you go along in your life, there are things that cause people to stumble. There are things that potentially will cause you to stumble. And those things are just going to come your way. They're just going to be there. So Jesus, when he's talking about these stumbling blocks, is talking about the things, the people, the relationships, whatever it is that blindsides us. And the next thing we know, something's happened to our faith, right? 
It blindsides us, and the next thing we know, something's happened with my, my, my devotional time. Something's happened to my intimacy with God. We're, not, we're just not quite as involved in church community anymore. Our church is not that important for me anymore. I'll only go every now and again. Something's happened. A stumbling block. Something that's blindsided you. Jesus is not a priority in your life anymore. The things of the kingdom are not a priority in your life anymore. Because the things that cause people to stumble are the things that, it could be anything really, that leads a person to act contrary to a proper course of action or set of beliefs. So for a Christian, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're following God and you, you're walking in the way and you're saying, Lord, I want to walk in your way, I'm following after Jesus, I'm, I'm, wanting, I'm wanting to grow in you, something comes your way and Jesus says, these things are going to come your way and it hits you and suddenly you get knocked off course and you're no longer following the correct course of action, which scripture is pretty clear about when we commit our lives to the Lord, Right? We're no longer living our lives to a certain set of beliefs. There's some things that's happened and we're, we're kind of off course because a stumbling block has come. Now, there are a lot of things that cause people to stumble. But I really want you to hear this clearly this morning. Right? I know that you're very clever people. We've got some very clever people in our church community. But as clever as you are and as mature as you are and as much as you know of, of the Bible... In spite of all of those things, Jesus said it's impossible for you to go through your life without at some point or points along the way something being thrown in your way that has the potential to or will cause you to stumble. Now, let me just give you a couple of ideas. Sometimes it is ideas. Sometimes it's ideas. It often happens with young folk. After they leave school and they head off to uni and they all go off to study or they're going off into the big bad world somewhere, right? They finish school and they get into an environment, and suddenly they're bombarded with all of these new ideas. And those new ideas that they're being taught, those new ideas that they're being exposed to, that new worldview, are things that were never talked about in church. I never heard about that in my, in my Christian formation. I haven't heard about these things. And sometimes your parents aren't even able to answer the questions that you have. And that new information that you were given causes that young person to stumble. Causes us to stumble. Causes us to stumble out of church. To stumble out of any kind of belief. To stumble out of faith in God. I've heard many people, and some of you maybe have children in, 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 this, in this kind of thing. They, something's come along. It's blindsided them. It's caused them to stumble. They're no longer in church. God is not important for them anymore. I think probably most of us, if we think about our own lives this morning, if we think about our own life history... I think something that we would say that's caused us to stumble in our, in our relationship with God or to stumble away from the things of God is people. People. Friendships. Friends with different values to the values that we hold to. You know, those are the people that, you know, in my life, I've been through this. I was hanging around with a certain group of friends, and the next thing I knew, I'd stumbled out of church. I'd stumbled out of God being a priority in, in, in my life. I, did, I stumbled because of those friends. We looked at that verse in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15.33 last week about bad company corrupting good morals. And in fact, some of us probably have some friends right now. You know, We're here and they're not. And maybe they're, they're a stumbling block. 
Or, or another one is, and an example is, is that you get involved romantically. Yeah? You meet someone. Your heart starts to be doof, doof, doof. It's a faster heartbeat. This is a heartbeat you don't know. And suddenly your knees go weak and you go, this person, this person. And sometimes people meet that person and that person is not a believer like they are. Right? They're a believer, but the person they've met is not a believer. So this other person doesn't have the same beliefs that you have. And you might be one of those people who thinks, not me, not me. I'm never going to abandon God. I'll never abandon my faith. I'm always going to be a, a church kind of person. I'm always going to have a personal relationship with God. But then somebody came along. And I know a number of people who've got into romantic relationships and it has become a stumbling block in their life. And, and instead of them drawing that person closer, closer in, a, in a Godward direction, what happens is that person draws them away from God. I've seen that over and over again. Another thing that causes us to stumble is money, wealth. I'm sure you've all heard the phrase, the deceitfulness of riches. Well, the deceitfulness of riches means that riches can deceive you, right? They can deceive you. Very often with people, when it comes to money, it gets people thinking that they're a lot smarter than everybody else. It gets them thinking that they're more important than they really are. And it can become a stumbling block. When, when, with wealth comes opportunity. With wealth comes options. You've got all of these options. You know, the, uh, the problem with poverty is the lack of options. The problem with wealth too often is having too many options. And we are living in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Many of us are far wealthier than anybody else living in Africa or South America or parts of Asia. We live pretty wealthy lives. And sometimes, if we really have to take a look at our own lives, we've got a whole lot of options that are available to us. And sometimes, so the problem with wealth is having too many options. The, the writer of Proverbs says that wealth can be a stumbling block because wealth brings options. In Proverbs 30, the writer says, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Just give me my daily bread. Otherwise, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to have riches, I'm going to have too much. And then I'm going to disown you. And then I'm going to say, who is the Lord? And many people are walking around these days saying, I'm God. Right? The deceitfulness of riches. Obviously, the flip side of that is having no money. Lack of wealth. Lack of finances can also be a stumbling block. Can't it? I mean... If, you've, if you're struggling financially, that can, be, that can dent your faith. When you're in a difficult situation financially, it sometimes makes you wonder, like, God, where are you? God, you know, have, have you given up on me? Those things, a lack, of, a lack of finances can be a stumbling block. So life sometimes just throws these things our way, and they can cause us to trip up. They can cause us, it becomes a stumbling block, and so we start following an unhealthy pattern spiritually rather than a healthy one in our, in our lives. So the point that Jesus is making is that it is impossible for you to get through your life without some things being thrown in your way that have the potential to cause you to stumble. And, 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 and you know this. I don't think I've got to convince you of this this morning. Some of you have lived long enough to know that you've stumbled. For every one of us, there are things out there that if they come our way at an inopportune time, they have the potential to take us down. They have the potential to take us out, to take us out when it comes to our faith, to take us out when it comes to our personal relationship with God, to take us out when it comes to our confidence in God. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus tells us that. Okay, so I know you're wondering, 
well, what the heck is the connection? Here's the connection. Here's why this is so important as it relates to us being in circles. It's easy to stumble out of church. It's easy. I'm aware of some folk who I haven't seen for a while, and I'm thinking, what's caused them to stumble out of regular church attendance? Because church is, church is an attendance thing. Church is, a, church is a habit thing. And so it's easy to wake up in the morning and go, oh, I think I'm, I'm going to sleep in today. I was up late last night. I'll go to church next week, right? That's easy. I'm sure all of us can probably speak about a stage in our lives when we've stumbled out of church. It's easy to stumble out of church. It's also easy to stumble out of faith, right? It's, it's easy to stumble out of belief if we have no spiritual intake habits. Spoke about that last week. If, we've got no inta- if we're not feeding our hearts spiritually, it's quite easy to stumble out of faith because you just get some bad information, a lot of bad information on social media, or you go through a bad experience, or there are too many distractions out there in your life. It's easy for you to stumble in your faith. It really is. It's easy. It's easy to stumble in your personal relationship with God. But here's the thing. It's a lot harder to stumble out of a strong circle of biblical community. It's a lot harder. If you are with a group of people that you're connected to, that you are doing life with, that you're opening up your life to, that you're in each other's lives in a positive way. I'm not talking about living in each other's pockets where you get sick of each other, but I'm talking about living in in, in a circle of friends where you're in each other's lives in a positive way, where you're praying together, where you're asking the difficult questions, where you're opening the Word of God together. I'm telling you, if you have that kind of heart habit going on in your life, it's not so easy to stumble out of it. Because when community is, is, is relational, when it's tangible, you've got other people paying attention to what's going on in your life. And when that circle of friends is a spiritual circle of friends, that group of people are paying attention to how you're doing spiritually. They're paying attention. They're watching you. They're engaging with you. It's kind of like family, right? It's kind of like family. Except the only thing with family is when you stumble, when something's thrown in front of you um, that causes you to stumble in your faith, to stumble in your relationship with God, Usually the last group of people that we listen to is family. That's the kind of, the kind of difference. I, I, I'm sure you know this. All too often we stumble in our faith and the last people we want to hear from is our, is our family. Yeah? I don't want my parents telling me anything about church anymore. I don't want my parents telling me anything about, you know, about faith. We don't listen to our husbands. We don't listen. Shut up already. We don't listen to our wives. Yeah? Yeah? I know some of you know what I'm talking about over here. Some of you have got a spouse who's not a believer. And they've kind of checked out. I don't, I don't want to hear. And that is why it is so important to be in some kind of regular, predictable, structured community. Because it's a lot harder to stumble out of. The wisest man who ever lived after Jesus was a guy called Solomon. And Solomon said, he said, some incredibly wise things. Just a pity that he didn't live by some of those things that he told everybody else to live by. All right? He didn't apply that to his own life. But here's what Solomon said. This is from the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through to 12. Solomon writes there and he says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. 
But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. And then he says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. If you're walking side by side with someone and one or both of you falls down, Solomon says you've got someone there to help you up. You can help each other up. Or if one falls, you can help the other one up. He doesn't give us specifics as to why people fall down. He just says in general over here, he says, if you're walking with someone and they stumble or trip up and fall, somebody is going to be there to help you up. But then he says, he says, but pity those who fall. And when they fall, when they trip up, when they stumble, there's no one there to help them up. I want to tell you about a big tragedy in churches. A big tragedy in churches these days is when people go through life thinking, I don't need that. I don't need group community. I don't need to be with a small group of people. I don't have time for that. I've got a busy schedule. I've got a lot of other stuff going on in my life. I've got sports and stuff to go to. Uh, um, hey, listen, I've got friends. I don't need new friends. And then they stumble and they fall. Something comes their way and it trips them up in their faith. And they've got nobody around them who's got the integrity of relationship, who has access to them, who's doing life with them. They've got nobody who can come alongside them and say, hey, you stumbled. You stumbled. When you stumble because you've got distracted, right? Something else has become a priority in your life. Because you're not in that kind of community, there's nobody who has the freedom. They don't feel like they've got the freedom to come to you and say, hey, what's going on? You've stumbled because you've, you're not allowing that. If you've had too much of whatever, you don't have somebody who can come alongside you and say, hey, are you stumbling? Or if your faith got dented because you read something on Facebook or whatever, you don't have somebody who can come and say, well, that's just a lot of hooey. This is what the scripture says. Or because things went bad. Or because you got involved with somebody that you should not have got involved with. You see, every single one of us need relational connection. And if you've not laid the groundwork for relational connection, if you've not gotten connected to some people in the church, spiritually minded people who can be there for you, the kind of people who refuse to go away, the scripture says, pity the person who doesn't have that. Some of the best preparation that all of us can make um, for the inevitability of stumbling blocks. Jesus says, this is inevitable. It's going to come your way. Some of the best preparation that we can make is to be connected relationally. And the best form of relational connect connection is not just here on a Sunday when we're sitting in rows, but it's when we take our time to get into circles with a smaller group of people in community where we're sharing our lives with one another. Because you can stumble out of church. You can, you, can, you can stumble out of your devotional time. You can stumble out of your quiet time routine. You can stumble out of your faith. You can stumble out of belief. But it is a lot harder to stumble out of small group community. It really is. Seriously, if you want to get out of, a, out of a small group, you've actually got to make an intentional decision about it. Yeah? 
And so it's hard to get out of that unless you actually make the decision. And probably at Renew, you've got to change your phone number. You've got to change your address. You've got to say to the people, stop calling me. I, I don't want to hear from you anymore. So leave me alone. And you leave the chat group. I'm out of here. That's what I want to do. So you've got to be really intentional if you're going to get out of that, that small group. But if you're not that intentional and you stumble and fall and you're part of a, a connect group, it's going to be really difficult because you've got those people around you who are going to come and say, hey, what's going on? What's happening in your world? I haven't seen you for a while. Hey, are you struggling with this? Hey, you know what? I've been through this as well. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pray with you. you. It's difficult to stumble out of that kind of relational connection. That's why circles are better than rows. Solomon said, pity the person. Pity the person that when the inevitable stumbling blocks come that Jesus spoke about. Pity the person when they trip up and fall that there's no one who has the relationship there to make sure that once they're down, they don't stay down. Pity that person. Folk, every one of us need to be part of a group of people who love us, who are connected to us, who feel comfortable standing beside us and saying, you know what, you are not going to go through this on your own. We're going to be there for you. We're going to stand with you. We're going to do everything that we can to lift you up to where you need to be. We all need that. We all need that. Why? Because Jesus said, it's impossible for stumbling blocks not to come your way. I want to just ask a, a quick question. Have any of you had something come your way in your walk with God, your faith walk, which has caused you to stumble, where you've gone, Whew. anybody ever had any? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about here this morning. And so I'm telling you, having a small group of people who know you well makes all the difference in the world. Because stumbling blocks are inevitable. And I guess the question is, really for us as we head into 2023, if my assumption is that you're going to strengthen your walk with God, uh, if my assumption here is that we're going to all get to the end of 2023 and say, Lord, that was a breakthrough year for me. You've, just, you've worked in my world. You've enlightened me. I've, I've got more insight. I've seen your spirit guide me and pro you've protected me. If we're going to get to the end of the year and have all of that, then I think we have to say, well, you know, who am I walking with? Who am I walking with? Who am I doing life with when the stumbling blocks come? Because it's easy, even in a small community like this, to know someone's name. This is Cherie. But I tell you something, I don't really know Cherie. And she don't really know me. But we're in the same church together, and I love you with the love of Jesus. And I pray for you. But I don't really know you. But I tell you what, if we had to get into a small group with a bunch of other people, I'm going to know you way better. Yeah? Some of you are not so sure. Some of you are like, yeah, nah. You're still like at that. You're still there. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I know, I know. But I want to tell you that if you're going to get to the end of this year, there are certain things that you're going to have to have as intake for your spiritual heart, for the spiritual heart to grow healthy and to grow strong. Last week I shared about my brother who had a fatal heart attack just before Christmas, and he died. And I shared about the fact that I think that part of the reason for that was unhealthy habits in his life. He wasn't looking after his physical heart. And the same is true for all of us. If, we're not, if we don't have some stuff where there's healthy spiritual intake for our spiritual heart, we can get to the point where it could be fatal spiritually. We're a small church community. 
we got seven small groups here at Renew. Seven. Only seven. And the, the ideal size for a small group is anywhere from six to 15 people, I'd say. Right? Anything more than that, it's, it's, it, it, it's really going to be getting a bit much. You're not really going to have that real uh, intense or intimate level of community. And most, quite a few of our groups, not most of them, but quite a few of our groups here are already approaching that max point. In fact, some groups are already over the max number of people. And, and when it gets to there, it becomes more difficult. But some of those groups still have space. And maybe, maybe if you engage in this prayerfully, maybe joining one of those groups will work for you. But I also want to say this this morning. We still need more groups. We actually need more groups in this church. And so I would, I would absolutely love it if we had some folk who would just say, I'm going to invite some people in and I'm going to form a new group. There's no, we don't have huge hurdles for you to get over to get this going because we see the importance of small group community. So, you know, it would really be great if some people stepped out there and said, hey, I'm willing to do this. Maybe you're in a small group already and the time has come for you to branch off and start a new one. And for the group to say, hey, we need, we need to get another group growing. Maybe you're willing to do that. Or maybe you're in the church and you're not part of a small group and you know some other people who are not in a small group and you're thinking, well, hey, we could get something going. We could get something going. All a small group needs is some structure. That's why we call it structured community, right? Because you've got to, you meet in homes, in somebody's living room, and it's in a circle. Please don't go and put your living room furniture in rows. It'd be disastrous, right? In a circle, in a home, you meet together. And, and, and you meet two or three times a month. And so you, the structure is like, where are we going to meet? What time are we going to meet? Who's coming? Who's got what responsibility to make a meal or bring biscuits and tea or whatever it is, right? Some structure. I've, I'm, I've, I've been, I'm in a small group, and I've been in a small group for quite a while, and we only meet during... School term time. So during the holiday time, we, we take a break as, as, a, as a group. We meet during school term time, and in this term time, we, just, we meet every second week. And we've been doing that for a long time. And it's worked well for us. But some groups meet more regularly, and that's also okay. Some groups, like Linz was just telling us a moment ago, met during the holiday period, and that's fantastic. But you as a group can work that out. And then what you've got to do in your group is you've got to say, well, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about in our group? Now, again, I'm, I'm totally flexible over here. You can choose your own curriculum. You can say, hey, we think we're going to go in this direction for a while. Or you can take what's being spoken about on a Sunday and say, hey, we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about what Andrew or Eugene or whoever spoke on, on that Sunday. We're going to talk about that, right? So a little bit of structure. And it's as easy as that. It's seriously, it's, you don't need a leadership blinking PhD to lead a small group. You just need to be able to get together and say, hey, you know what? I think every second week on this, we can, get, we can do an hour and a half. Let's just catch up for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it might be. And you just go, that's what we're going to do. And here's what, we, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a little meal or we're going to pray together and we're going to get to know one another. We're going to talk about the Bible. That's what we're going to do. That's, that's what a small group requires. Who can't do that? I don't see a single hand. I'm glad there's no hands up in this church right now. Debbie and I have been doing this for years, as, as many of you have. We've been doing this for years, and, and it really is a big deal to us. In fact, the group that we're a part of, is there's really a sense of 
care. There's really a sense of concern. There's constant chatter going on. There's a chat group that we have, and, 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 and Debbie and I believe in it. And so, you know, that's why, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Being part of a small group is such an important thing. Some kind of small group. If, if you're in a small group that's not connected to this church, let me also just say, that's okay. As long as you're in a group, that's okay. We just want you taking some time for Christian community and spiritual conversation. So if you're not, I want to encourage you this morning to give some thought to making this a heart-building habit in your life. And I know some of you have had a bad experience in a small group in the past. I know you're sitting here. Had a bad experience. Anybody ever had a bad haircut? Did you stop getting haircuts after a bad haircut? No. Grow up. Put your big boy pants on. <laughs> Come on. You've been to a bad doctor. You go and find a new doctor, right? These things happen. And our small groups here at Renewed, really, they, they are awesome people. It's only a few people that have said, well, I haven't had a great experience. But so what? <laughs> so what? We're human. That happens. But don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. When you get into a, a circle of Christian community at someone's home, and those stumbling blocks come your way, and they are going to come, then when you get knocked off course, when you're knocked down, you're going to have people there to help you, to stand with you to guide you in God's grace. And I know this morning's been a little bit more practical, but uh, this is a heart-building habit, folk. It's a heart-building habit. I, I, I don't know how to encourage you anymore. I want to really say that um, it's beneficial. It's beneficial when you are known and others know you. And the more you travel together, the more you feel confident to open up your life to others. And when you begin to open up your life to others and you show a bit of vulnerability and others speak into your life, I promise you God uses that. The Holy Spirit uses that.